0: This is the All Around Guy podcast with Mitchell Stevens. You can find the show on Twitter at AllAroundGuyPodcast1, and you can email the show at AllAroundGuyPodcast at gmail.com. Week 16 in the NFL. Hope everybody had a nice holiday weekend. This is the All Around Guy podcast, Mitchell Stevens, on a Monday. And as always, we're going to go game by game from the NFL weekend, recapping the action and what we learned from each team, especially as a couple teams clinched the playoffs. Really, the most one of the most interesting things from this weekend was that the Raiders beating the Broncos, led to the Cowboys clinching the NFC East before they kick Sunday night against the football team. Doesn't make sense to me, but something to do with strength of schedule and, you know, that good old NFL math. We will also start the show today with a new segment sponsored by Trent Dilfer from what he famously said on NFL Countdown on ESPN a few years. You know, the quote of, you can't lose games in the NFL and win games because... We're seeing some teams really kind of beat themselves down the stretch and it's going to cost them the playoffs or some big time seeding, especially as Green Bay wins again. We'll talk about that and what that could mean for teams having to go through Lambeau Field possibly in the NFC. All Around Guy podcast, Mitchell Stevens. Let's get this show started right now. You cannot lose games in the NFL and still win. Before I get into the first team that I'm going to feature on this segment, I want to go on the record and say I'm a big fan of Trent Dilfer. I think he's been great on some of the longer form podcasts that he goes on breaking down games. I really liked him at ESPN. So this isn't to make fun of Trent Dilfer. This is to bring light of teams that constantly beat themselves. And this weekend, it was on Saturday with the Arizona Cardinals, again, looking like they were not prepared, which I put back on coaching with Cliff. And some of the things that people have been kind of talking about from last year and this year and the rosters really talented and that's why the record is what it is and is he is he a good game manager and so they had two turnovers on downs in this game that's just one of the bullet points I'll get to and one of them was a fourth and one they were going for it in the first half which is fine the fourth and one makes sense but they get a false start penalty which drops them back to a fourth and 6 and at that point take your offense on the field Either punt it. You got Matt Prater, who's got a boot of a leg. You're playing at home, which is a dome. So you can kick the ball a long ways. Try a long field goal, but don't send your back offense or keep your offense on the field for that fourth and six. They do. They they have a lot of pressure. Colts brought pressure. Try to hit Zach Ertz on like this kind of wheel route type thing where he, he made a one-handed catch, but he's out of bounds. It was a good effort. The point being is you lose momentum there at that point with that false start. Defense has confidence they're then able to say okay let's go zero which worked and you're off the field and it's a short field for the Colts that's some of the game management stuff there with Cliff that I, that's been kind of been coming up I'm like I don't know I don't know but I, I saw it come out in this game kind of the past 2 weeks with some of how you can see that the Cardinals aren't prepared that eight total penalties in this game again right the guys in the field need to be disciplined I talked about a week ago about some of the the, the refs being flag happy but these were mostly administrative penalties that are all controllable and were really killing the momentum of this game and helping the Colts stay on the field and you know, situational football when it's third and long, right? You really don't get those ticky tack, five yard, you know, hands to the face, legal use of contact. You you have to know, hey, it's third and thirteen, percentages are you know they're going to throw this ball short of the chains will make the tackle i'm not going to do anything stupid you know 20 yards away from the play here you know that was one of the penalties the cardinals had in this game that goes to coaching situational awareness not knowing you know not not knowing what's going on in the game to know when to take a chance on defense and when not to take a chance on defense additionally two missed field goals from prater who's typically been pretty solid and a missed extra point which cost them 7 points and that was really crucial because they scored at the end of the game um to get to get within 20 to make it 22-16 so you get those 7 points on the board but the final minute of the game it was 22-13 so even if you have just one of those field goals one of those extra points you're not down two possessions so your offense has a chance they also had a safety they were on about the 7 or 8 yard line it was a low bouncing snap kyler couldn't get it went into the end zone he just had to chuck it away it was intentional grounding, safety had to punt it back to the Colts. The worst safeties of all worst one of all time were Zorlovsky with the Lions stepping out of the back of the end zone, not knowing where he was. The next are when you're pinned in deep and your offensive lineman gets a holding in the end zone. And then the third worst is, you know, your quarterback having to chuck the ball out of the end zone. Granted it saved a touchdown, but all miscues that were a hundred percent controllable for the Cardinals. You look at it, and you just find yourself. I, I found myself sitting there at half. It's 12-6, and I'm like, how are the Colts winning this game? And I get it. The Colts can win sloppy football. like Carson Wentz running the ball Jonathan Taylor. Their defense is, is really good. But they were down four offensive linemen. And I want to give Frank Wright the credit that he deserves for having his team ready to play this game when you end up down four offensive linemen in this game. But the fact that the Cardinals did not come in ready and prepared to, to take that to take that on they had they had one play with chandler jones when he had the strip sack that ended up being overturned from a flag from an illegal contact you know down in the field it was a it was a ticky-tack call but that was really the only point in the game where it really seemed like they won the battle at the line of scrimmage and you know carson wentz what he does best is when you give him you know two and a half three and a half seconds in the pocket those deep crossing routes he was hitting those all game and looked way too comfortable for somebody that only had one healthy offensive lineman starting with him that game. Huge kudos to the Colts for being prepared, but to me it's more on the Cardinals, it's on Cliff Kingsbury and the coaching staff for not being prepared in a game that is huge for them because they came in 10-4, and four, still needing to, to win games to close out the NFC West which they're now, they're now down to the Rams because the Rams won today, which we'll get to. And then also home field with Green Bay, who won earlier that day. So the Cardinals even knew, like, we need to keep pace if we want to still fight for this one seed, still fight for this divisional seed to get a home playoff game, especially with a roster that will have guys that are mostly new to playing in the playoffs. And they were not prepared for the second week in a row. After the game, Cliff Kingsbury said, quote, we continue to find ways to lose, critical situations, coaching, critical situations, situational football is coaching. You know, Bill Belichick, the greatest of all time to do it, you know, saving at the college level, what do they talk about all the time? Situational football, critical situations is coaching. He goes on penalties, things of that nature, end quote. Things of that nature is all coaching, Cliff. Need to have your team ready for these games. this is different from the Detroit game where they came out flat for an entire first quarter of football that put them in a position where they weren't really ever going to win that game. It felt like the whole game, the whole game, up until they didn't get the onside kick at the end of the game that the Cardinals should have won this game. And you talk about critical situations, Cliff, that comes down to you. And as Trent Dilfer puts it, you can't lose games and win games. Two missed field goals, a missed extra point. Two bad turnovers on downs, a safety that was from a bad snap from seven yards. You're seven yards clear of the goal line, and eight penalties. That comes down to coaching and preparedness. Three game losing streak. It's showing through coaching those critical situations that Cliff alluded to. The wins, the Cardinals. I looked at the 10 wins the Cardinals have, and I circled what I would consider good wins. The Titans. The Rams and they beat the 49ers twice. So that's four wins that I would, of their 10, that I would consider really good wins. Vikings, Jags, Browns, Texans, Seahawks, and Bears, I would not consider good wins. They haven't shown that they can beat really good football teams. And then on top of that, you look, so the pa- so they lose, they've lost to the Packers, who look like they'll probably be the one seed. They lose to the Rams at home. Again, primetime game, a bad loss to the Lions. And this Colts team, even though I like this Colts team and they're a good football team, you're at home. This is a game that you did everything in your power to lose what you end up doing, but you still managed to be in it all game. The Cardinals, specifically Cliff Kingsbury, they need to get it together in these, to quote Cliff, these critical situations, which comes down to coaching, and how prepared your guys are in those situations. It's starting to show in some of the quotes coming from the locker room that they know they're going out there not as prepared as they need to be or other teams are. Great win for the Colts, down four starters on their offensive line. Awful loss for the Cardinals, who have now lost three in a row. You cannot lose games in the NFL and still win. Weekend recap. All right, week 16 in the NFL. We'll do what we always do and go game by game, seeing what we learn from each team and how this is going to impact the playoff picture as we have two more weeks in this NFL season. Browns, Packers. Tough loss for the all around five as we had the Packers covering seven and a half against the Browns. They were up 12 heading into the fourth quarter. Felt like We're going to coast to a cover here on Christmas day. And for the second week in a row, the Packers let a team get back into the game and a chance to win it. The Browns held the ball with 50 seconds left, three timeouts. And I still don't understand a few days later when you're rushing for eight yards of carry with Nick Chubb and you're almost to midfield. Why you throw the ball three straight times. And the third one was a pick by Rasul Douglas, his fifth of the year. Who was picked up off of Arizona's practice squad and now leads the Packers in interceptions, which is an awesome story in its in its own right. The play calling, you know, to me there. So there's a couple of things on Baker Rice, right? the contract here, Everyone's talking about whether or not Cleveland should keep him. Most feel like the answer is no. This game felt like it it sealed the deal. Right, you're at Lambeau. If you can beat Aaron Rodgers, set Cleveland up to kind of keep staying alive for your playoff hopes these past couple weeks but baker throws four interceptions including the one that ended the game there when they're close to field goal range and you can talk about stefanski not running the ball at the end of the game there when you're i which i totally agree with it makes no sense to me but it's pretty telling that at the end of the game when the game's on the line the fans analysts everybody is saying run the ball we don't want the ball in baker's hands." And yeah, there's multiple ways to win a football game. It doesn't always have to be through the quarterback, especially when the run game is is working as well as it was against Green Bay. But at that point, most teams, there's very few teams, you know, playoff teams, top six teams in the league that aren't going to trust their quarterback there to win the game. And there was no one other than Stefanski, who threw the ball three times for whatever reason, thought that Baker could do it. Four picks on the day. In Lambeau Field against maybe the best team in the NFL, more so because of their offense than their defense. Baker's not not gonna do it for the Browns. The Browns will need to move on. You need a quarterback that can. You don't always need a quarterback that can elevate your team, but you at least need one that won't won't make your team worse. So when your defense on the road can hold Green Bay's offense to twenty four points, and then your then you have Nick Chubb who ran for 126 yards and a touchdown, and your overall running game was running for eight yards of carry, and your quarterback turns the ball over four times and takes some really bad sacks. He was sacked five times, including two that took him out of field goal range during the course of a game. That's not even keeping the status quo as a game manager. That's bringing your team down. The Browns will move on from Baker after this year. I'm confident in that. Aaron Rodgers broke Brett Favre's. All time touchdown record as a franchise. He said after the game, Devonte Adams is the best player he's played with in his career. You know him and Greg Jennings don't get along anymore. I think that was listen. Devonte is amazing. I think Rodgers is giving Devonte some credit there, but I also think he's taking a shot at Greg Jennings. So interested to see if Greg Jennings will respond. I think he's at Fox Sports still. So I think that was compliments to uh, Devonte, but also Rodgers taking a little shot at uh at Greg Jennings. So. Packers hold on for the second week in a row, 24-22 over Cleveland. I still don't know about Green Bay. I still feel like they're the best team in, in the NFC right now, but the, the past two weeks the way they played in the second half, I'm just I want to see them close teams out. Browns fall to 7 and 8 will likely miss the playoffs. Expect them to part ways with Baker. I don't expect them to give him a, a contract extension um after what we've seen the past few weeks, especially missing the playoffs. Bills Patriots The Bills are the first team since the Colts in 2005 and 2006 to beat New England in consecutive years. It's a crazy stat about just how consistent the Patriots in this dynasty have been, but it also really shows how for real and well-rounded this Buffalo Bills team is. That stat was by the Elias Sports Bureau. Josh Allen, 30 of 47, 314 yards passing, 64 rushing yards and three passing touchdowns in this game reminding bills fans who he is and winning a huge game in new england on the road especially after you know the craziness of the windy game and you know i mean the bills went in with the chip on the shoulder you know that one reporter asked the you know player and the other defender you know are you embarrassed because you know new england only threw the ball three times and, and won the game and you know they were pretty pissy after that, so they came in ready to play. Um, Josh Allen just absolutely outstanding in this game. The Bills now own the tiebreaker for the AFC East. They finished Falcons Jets. So Falcons haven't been a team over five hundred all year, and you know the Jets. I like Robert Salah. We'll get to that game in a, in a few minutes. I Zach Wilson. I this was I get it was a Jaguars, but he's. He's looking formidable, but they'll win both those games. And the Patriots have Jaguars, Dolphins, and they lost to the Dolphins Week One. So, um, the Bills should win out and win the division. Um, Patriot Patriots playing for seeding in that wild card. Um, so this is the Pats second straight loss since their seven game win streak. And Mac Jones, fourteen of thirty two. So you know, under fifty percent completion percentage, one hundred and forty five yards and two interceptions, and. Listen, Nikhil Harry from ASU, I went to ASU, I'm also a huge Patriots fan, I'm from the area, so it's a tough loss for me, I've been a Nikhil Harry fan, I thought he was awesome at ASU, I didn't think Tom Brady gave Nikhil enough of a chance when they drafted him, but after what I've seen the past two years with Brady gone, I get it. Nikhil had a couple rough drops, he seems like he he wants the ball in space, move around, doesn't want to get hit over the middle. Um, so him being the one option this game was definitely a part of the factor for Mac Jones completing under 50% of his passes, plus it's the top-ranked Bills defense in the league, and it's Mac Jones' rookie year. It feels like right now people are expecting, listen, it's it's not Super Bowl or bust this year for Mac Jones and the Patriots. The fact that the Patriots are 9-6, and six, they were competitive in in some really good teams, they haven't had a terrible loss this year, Um, The Saints loss is looking better and better, especially with how good that defense has been. This Patriots season has already been a success, especially with the lack of weapons on the outside for Mac Jones. To me, this is more about the Bills getting back to the AFC Championship. They had a tough midseason stretch. Right now, it's pretty clear that we'll probably get a rematch of Chiefs-Bills, maybe put the Colts in there. But... Josh Allen showing why he's Josh Allen, you know, you don't have the crazy win. And Sean McDermott coached this game perfect. The Bills fourth down conversions, they in the first half to keep scoring touchdowns and keep extending drives. And then in the fourth quarter they went for it on a fourth and 3 with about 4 or 5 minutes left in the game. They convert that. That drive led to a touchdown which made it 33-21 in a two possession game, which made it really tough for New England at that point. Sean McDermott well-coached game, aggressive, put that game away, which you need to do against the Bill Belichick team. Josh Allen on the road, pretty much in a must-win game for the division, almost flawless, and that's what really you've been expecting from him if you're a Bills fan this year. Bills will beat the Falcons and the Jets and win the division to close out the year 11-6. and Patriots will beat the Jags. The offense, they should win. We tend to struggle against them, lost to them week one. So see what happens. Should be a wild card team. To me right now, Bills Chiefs are the rematch in the AFC for the championship game. Maybe Colts. Great win for the Bills. Lions Falcons. The Falcons continue their season of beating teams they should beat. They haven't beaten a team all year over a record of 500. They beat the Lions 20-16, to but Connecticut's own Tim Boyle had a chance at the end of the game to win and threw a late pick. Um, after the game, he was pretty upset about it. Interesting to hear him talk about how he thought it was zone coverage. So he went and made the zone read. It was man-to-man, and that was the mistake. So it was pretty cool in the press conference to get an idea of what actually happened. Falcons are 7-2 and two in one possession games this year. Um, they do not control their own playoff destiny, and they need to win their final two. But they're at Buffalo next week. And again, I said you know prior to this, I expect the Bills to beat them. So the playoffs are looking glim. For Atlanta. But after four and twelve this year, Arthur Smith's first year coach, you know, you don't have Calvin Ridley most of this year, an older Matt Ryan. The fact that the Falcons will finish around five hundred and around five hundred at this point to me is a win for them this year. The Lions are playing, like we've said the past few weeks. I think everybody knows they like Dan Campbell. Um, and they're playing hard for him. They had no Jared Goff, they had no DeAndre Swift, so You know, again, with that the lack of talent that roster again to be to have a chance at the end of the game to beat Atlanta was pretty impressive there. And Amon Ross St. Brown, the rookie receiver for the Lions, is just legit. Um, Four straight games now with eight plus catches. He's doing the opposite of what I was saying. Nikhil Harry was doing. He can looks like he can run every route in the field. He had a play where he scored his touchdown and went right into I think I think it was a safety to try and jump and leap and get in the end zone. So. Great hands, doesn't shy away from contact. Lions are doing it the right way, starting to build a foundation. When a team goes into a game with Tim Boyle, product of UConn, um, and they play competitive, that's how you know they're well coached. And and so Dan Campbell doing a great job in Detroit. Atlanta wins twenty to sixteen. Doesn't look like they'll beat Buffalo next week. So. Won't make the playoffs, but around 500. Good success this year for Arthur Smith in his first year in Atlanta. Ravens, Bengals. My goodness. I don't think I've been wrong this much about a game all year. All around five money line pick for this week was the Ravens over the Bengals. Felt like the Ravens underdogs in this situation must win game in December. They would win it. They were up 10 7 in the first quarter and I just did not account for how banged up that secondary is in Baltimore because Joey Burrow freaking put it on him, setting a franchise record for throwing yards, 525 yards, four touchdowns from Burrow. Outstanding game. Great. So I also said I would take Harbaugh over Zach Taylor in these big games from a coaching perspective. And again, the Ravens were banged up, so I, I don't, and they don't have either one of their first two quarterbacks starting. They had to start Josh Johnson, who last year was playing the XFL, and he got some playing time with the Jets this year. But Zach Taylor took full advantage of a banged-up Ravens secondary and threw the ball all over them both times. The, the Bengals beat the Ravens now both times this year, and they did the same thing in their first matchup. And I said earlier in the week, listen, I think Baltimore goes in. They can make some corrections, even with a banged up secondary. And my goodness, could they not? The Bengals exploited it. Zach Taylor was spot on. 525 yards, four touchdowns for Burrow. Huge loss. Money line pick. We're now one and two on the money line pick. The past three weeks for the all around five. It's been I. I was so off on this game. I'm I. Ten seven first quarter. I'm like, this is what Baltimore does. This is what Baltimore does in these games the next three quarters my goodness Bengals win 41-21 they move to 9 and 6 the Ravens fall to 8 and 7 the Bengals finish Chiefs Browns the Chiefs still have a lot to play for that's a tough game and then they play the Browns so listen the Ravens the Ravens have Rams Steelers so i mean Stafford we'll, we'll get to that a lot of turnovers so who knows this division The Bengals are in a great spot, right? They're in the spot they want to be in. Burrow talked about that after the game. Like, listen, you you go back to training camp and you can control your own destiny. Last two weeks of December to win the division, that's where you want to be. But Chiefs-Browns, I don't know. And then I I would rather have Ravens-Steelers as my last two than Chiefs-Browns. I think there's a... The good news is the Bengals have the tiebreaker. It'd be hard for them to lose, I think, two in a row. But, you know, for a team that hasn't really quite been there before, you never know. The Bengals control their own destiny at 9-6, Ravens 8-7 with those final two that they each have. Who knows what can happen in this division still. Josh Johnson still played well. 28-40 304 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. I was more surprised how much Baltimore got away from the run game in this one. I think that's where they went wrong. They only ended up with 60 in attempt for 39 yards. Um, Their long was an 8. Especially when that's what they do well, in their different, um, you know, uh, blocking schemes up front. To only, to only, get, I know you got down there in the second half, but with Josh Johnson, he was playing all right. I expected Baltimore to have more than 16 attempts in this game too. So see if they can figure out the running game as they start getting hopefully their quarterbacks off of COVID and all that good stuff. Joey Burrow, Zach Taylor. I apologize. I was way off on this one awful money line pick. My worst pick of the season. I still got two more weeks, but I think this one will stick as my worst pick year to date. Bengals 41, Ravens 21, a loss for the all around five and the money line pick for week 16. Rams Vikings. So a win, a much needed win and our only win this week for the all around five with the Rams covering winning 30 to 23 against the Vikings and Listen, if you gave me Matt Stafford's line for this game, I never would have thought the Rams would have won this game, never mind covered. So grateful for the Vikings for that. Uh, Stafford, 21-37, of 37, 197 yards, one touchdown. He had three interceptions, a fumble loss, a few sacks. But this game actually makes me higher on the Rams because this shows that a quarterback line like that for a Sean McVay team, you probably don't think the Rams are going to win, right? because it's a little throw heavy. And then it shows that they're this game shows that they're dynamic and that there's multiple ways that they can beat you. It's still a little bit through the defense. Aaron Donald up front, even though they didn't have Dalvin Cook, they did a decent job stopping the run game. Justin Jefferson, a couple of the things that the Vikings like to do. And even without Cam Akers, they're able to run the ball, a little short game passing, get the you know screen game. They can win in different ways. And that's kind of what we've been looking for in December from these teams is if you take away what they do best, what's gonna happen. And it shows that the quarterback and a Sean McVay offense and for the Rams, far from perfect, doesn't need to be perfect, and the Rams can still win the game. They get a special teams touchdown as well with Powell's punt return touchdown. And hey, you know, We had a few special teams, touchdowns, kick returns, punt return touchdowns the past couple weeks. And, you know, the returners are like, all my blockers did all the work, all this stuff. And after the game, Powell said, oh, I had to do the easy part. Like, can we get a punt returner that just says, you know what, I made a sick move and burned this guy and that's why we scored? Because, listen, if you guys all did the easy part, we would see these punt returns and kick returns every week, but we don't for a reason. And yes, you needed to set up, right, make a few blocks and get the holes and it's low percentage plays. But there's very few guys that we remember as specialists for a reason because these plays are rare and it does take a talent at the return position because you have third team and second team guys that are out there blocking for you. So, you know, the new thing is you always got to be humble now. I just want one of these guys that makes a big play, low percentage play, like a punt return or kick return after the game. Like, you know what? I took that ball back. It would have been a normal 25-yard return. But, you know, I saw I had the vision to see this lane 20 yards over. And so I I changed my route or I made a spin move and burnt this guy just once. I, I love that, you know, on these low percentage plays. Dynamic win for the Rams. To me, it says more about them that they can win in multiple ways. Vikings fall to seven and eight. They have Green Bay next, which they'll lose. They they close to the Bears. They'll miss the playoffs this year, which I said a couple weeks ago. I think Mike Zimmer's done with them at the end of this year. I I think you just need to change there. They've played the same type of football the past few years. I'm I'm I still think Kirk Cousins is the guy there. Um, it's different from Baker where Kirk may not elevate you, but he doesn't bring you down. He keeps the game going. He had he played he outplayed Stafford in this game. Only the one turnover. I don't put this game on Kirk. You know, you, you still gave up 30 points at home to the Rams, even get forcing the amount of turnovers that you did with Stafford. You know, the Vikings should have put that away. I look at that more holistically on the team and the coaching. Thought Kirk played well. I would expect Zimmer to be out at the end of the year in Minnesota. That's just my prediction. Rams 11-4. and four. NFC West, they lead now, keeping pace. With Green Bay to maybe still get home field advantage here as we get ready for the playoffs come January. Really nice win for the all around five, our only of the week, and for the Rams with some poor quarterback play. Jaguars, Jets. The much anticipated battle of Trevor Lawrence, the number one pick in the draft, and Zach Wilson, the number two pick in the draft, both at quarterback. And the story ended up being about offensive linemen as each team in this game had an offensive lineman catch a touchdown, which is the first time since 1950 that multiple O-linemen caught a touchdown in the same game. So, you know, Jaguars 2-13, and Jets at 4-11 and at this point, not much to play for. Get the big guys there due on each side with a touchdown. Really, really cool stuff. So, again... I've talked a little bit about the Jaguars on the show the past couple of weeks. Trevor Lawrence is gonna be just fine. They'll, they'll I'm they'll get a you can only go up from Urban twenty six of thirty-nine, two hundred and eighty yards. He had thirty seven rush yards in this game. You know, number one pick in the draft, number one recruit, national champion quarterback. Trevor Lawrence is the real deal, the pedigree. It's shown Jacksonville needs some help. They lost James Robinson for a torn Achilles, which probably means they'll ha- not have him for part of it part of the games next year as well. Um, but he'll be fine. Zach Wilson, you know, I said a week ago that you know I saw his supporting cast, so I'm going to be nicer to him. I actually liked more of what I saw from him in this game. But I think the telling thing is the Jaguars trust in Lawrence as an NFL quarterback. Thirty nine pass attempts versus Wilson, only twenty two pass attempts. You know, he he finished with 91 rush yards, but he had 55 yards on one run alone. So, and he only threw for 102 yards on 14 completions. So I just, you're with Zach Wilson currently, you're very limited in the throws that you have, in the offense that you have. And I don't know how long it's going to take or if he'll always be this limited. And that's the concerning part. But if you get a little bit more around him, and what I've seen is that he can win games. He can be your quarterback. But you need a lot more help around him. The Jets roster is pretty depleted. To me, four wins this year is pretty impressive. Um, they beat the Jaguars 4-11. The Jaguars with the loss still in line for the number one pick in the draft this year. Wilson gets the better of Lawrence this year. But I think we all know long-term it'll be Jacksonville and Lawrence probably getting... The better end of the Jets especially the past couple of years with the ownership and just the Jets can't seem to get it right and Zach Wilson may may end up failing in the Jets but I think it'll be more in the Jets organization really than what Zach's Wilson overall skill set is because it looks like you can develop him into being an NFL quarterback you just need to get more guys around him that can help him make some plays Giants Eagles my goodness did this game start slow 3-3 at the half, and it's like, oh, the Eagles, you can't lose this game to the Giants, especially um, as they still have a shot at the playoffs and get it in the card spot in the NFC. 3-3 at the half, and then the Eagles come out. Hurts played really well. Um, another offensive lineman with a touchdown. Lane Johnson's been in the league a while. Good to see him get his due with a touchdown pass. They end up winning 34-10. Giants fall to 4-11. and Eagles improve to 8-7. and Some of the slow start for the Eagles, I think, was the short week from Tuesday. They played Tuesday night, coming off a win. A couple injuries from that. Miles Sanders banged up. But, again, they put it on them. Eagles did what they have to do. They have the the football team left and then a Cowboys game. And the Cowboys may not have much to play for, like, seating-wise, you know, come that last week of the year. So who knows if they'll have their starters in. But first and foremost, Devontae Smith, wide receiver from wide receiver U at Alabama has been outstanding. Really great strong hands. He's caught some really tough balls this year. Speed. Looks like he can run every route out there. 58 catches this year, 821 yards and five touchdowns. Home run of a pick for the Eagles, especially because Eagles fans are so sour that they missed out on Justin Jefferson. Devontae Smith has been awesome this year. Excited to watch him the next few years. This Eagles team, they beat the football team. Let's say they beat... The Cowboys and get into the playoffs. Last last week, my team was who I wouldn't want to see currently in the playoffs was the 49ers. Right now, it's the Eagles. Jalen Hurts is playing well, um, dynamic at quarterback, beats you multiple ways. They have multiple running backs. The Eagles' running scheme is just really good. Whoever they're putting in at running backs, they've had three, four guys all year who know the system. So even if they have a COVID issue and they're down and back, I think Miles Sanders is going to miss this week with a broken hand. So but they have Jordan Howard, Boston Scott, Kenny Gainwell. They have guys that have been with the team all year that know that offense, and they all can run for, for a ton of yards. Um, this Eagles team right now, I don't, know, I don't know if I want to see them in the playoffs if I'm an NFC team. That's where they're at for me. I expect them to beat the football team next week, get to 9-7, see what they have to do against the Cowboys that final week of the year. The Giants already said they'll probably keep Joe Judge because they wanna they fired um Pat Shermer after two years and Ben McAdoo after two years. So the ownership wants to not continue a trend of firing a coach after two years. So that's why they're keeping Joe Judge. Listen, the Mara family in this day and age, I respect having patience, but this one might be to a fault. Again, as a Patriots fan, I'm a Joe Judge guy. I, I think I saw some good stuff from him in some of like, the early training camp stuff, but man, for, for someone too that seems like a big discipline you know, guy and we don't make mistakes, the Giants still make a lot of penalties, a lot of unforced errors that if you're going to have Joe Judge who's not really an X's and O's guy as your coach, you can't have that. But Mara's family's patient, we'll see Joe Judge for another year. We won't see Daniel Jones the rest of the year, so who knows, Will they'll go in that direction for the Giants team, but they're still a mess. I don't I still think next year unless they do a big free agent signing and Russell Wilson wants to come play in New York and he comes to the Giants. I I expect them to probably next year just win, you know, four or five games again. Bucks Panthers. The return of Antonio Brown. 10 catches, 100 win yards and he was completely unapologetic in his return, blaming the media for writing the stories of his actions, but already covered that a week ago for my clown of the week with Bruce Arians. Bucks also win the NFC South with this win. Thirty-two-six over the Panthers. Bucs eleven and four again. Home how important is home field advantage right now and how it's going to shape out this NFC. The difference between Tampa Bay, and I I listen, I get they won in Green Bay last year. But two years in a row, ooh, man. So Green this Tampa team too. Like last year, Tampa was abnormally healthy. So they had that going for them. So Tampa having to go through Lambeau Field in January to get to the Super Bowl versus, let's see, staying at home. It helps, you know, with the rest of your guys. Sunny Florida, you know, we already know older Tom Brady. So Bucs shut out against a team that we, it's more of a matchup thing with the Saints. And then they win 32-6, 11-4, trying to keep pace for that one seed. The Bucks don't have Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Leonard Fournette. And and I, I think people laugh when I say it, but Giovanni Bernard, who's been Brady's go-to, and he loves to throw the running backs out of the backfield right now. So they need to get healthy again, right? They bring back Antonio Brown for what's best for the football team and someone that Brady trusts. But I think the most important takeaway from this game for the Bucks is they did have a couple guys who came up from practice squad to step up. And you remember when they got shut out against New Orleans, Bruce Arians said after the game, listen, our young guys, the guys that haven't seen much time, they didn't get open, right? Bruce tells it like it is, as we know, right? So good to see if you're a Bucks fan, a couple guys that don't normally see the ball that Brady doesn't normally trust. Panthers not a great team, banging up on him a little bit, 32-6. It gives you a chance to figure out, hey, do we have one or two guys in here that Brady can develop a relationship with that'll be needed these last couple of weeks because you want to keep pace for that one seed. And then also as you get into the playoffs, looking at Carolina, I've set up before, right? It's like, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. Matt Rule coming from college. I, listen, the NFL, it, you can't play two quarterbacks. Like, you know, we, we don't even really see it work in college anymore, but you can't play two quarterbacks. It doesn't really work. You know, the Saints, the Saints have done it with Payson Hill a little bit. I I would say, I don't even know if if that's worked, but Darnold and Newton combined for seven sacks in this game. It was all Tampa. The question in Carolina is if Matt rule is going to be back next year. It's unsure on the ownership. It's pretty like the owner wants a quarterback and head coach match. Like everybody else does. That's known. Matt rule has said in press conferences, he's had productive conversations, whatever that means with ownership that they have, they have confidence in him. It's the reports are still unclear. My opinion is I give Matt Rule another year. To me, this Panthers team, McCaffrey has barely played the with the two years under Matt Rule continues, you know, to to be pretty injury prone. Um, you trade for Sam Darnold, and we knew what that was. The Panthers just had a really weak, you know, first three weeks of the year. You bring Cam Newton, who got cut and you know camp and didn't play for a couple months to try and fix it. Give Matt Rule a chance with somewhat of a legitimate NFL quarterback. I think you'll see the development there. Seems like he has the locker room, which is the important part. He's gotten the tough part down for me in the transition to college NFL where he has the locker room. Give him a chance with some, you know, legit NFL talent and get McCather if he can stay stay healthy. He's got the X's and O's. I li- I would like to see at least another year for Matt Rule in, uh, in Carolina. Chargers-Texans. Oh, my God. This Chargers run defense is an absolute problem. This is the worst loss of the NFL weekend. I thought, so Saturday, I thought the Cardinals was going to be the worst loss of the weekend. Not because the the Colts team is bad, but as as I mentioned at the start, it just felt like the Cardinals should have won that game. But losing 41-29 to the Texans and not even ever really being in this game, Um, my, my goodness. So Rex Burkhead, who, first of all, what in new England was a pass catching third down running back. And if they'd give it to him, maybe we need a yard, but this isn't your pound for pound running back. Who's going to run, run for over a hundred yards. I don't think, I don't think there's a scale in the NFL that looks at Rex Burkhead is like, Oh, this guy's your every you know your every down he'll rush for you over 100 yards he's gonna be a receiving back for you i think he can do different things but he had a career high day with 149 yards um he ended up with 22 carries and had two touchdowns with that the chargers run deep it's it cost him this game against the texans and it's telling when it's rex burkhead who's having his career day and absolutely burning you it set up a nice play-action game. Davis Mills, right? I talked about a couple of weeks ago. 21 of 27 for 254 yards and two touchdowns against a Chargers pass defense now that actually ranks third in the league. So they have one of the worst rushing defenses, which confirmed when Rex Burke had careers that against you. Um, but it's good to see with Davis Mills as the Texans try and figure out what to do with that draft pick. Right now, if the season ended, I think Davis Mills has done enough for the Texans to draft a defensive end. The Texans coming into this game ranked last in rushing. The Chargers run D so bad that they came in and built a game plan around rushing with Rex Burkhead, and they've already ranked last this year in rushing. So the Chargers fall to 8-7. and seven. If they would have won this game, they would have been 9-6. and six. And then they host Denver next week. So, you know, obviously must win, but this is the game that if, if you're a Chargers fan, there's kind of, there's been a couple, but this is really the game that if you end up missing the playoffs, you look back on because it's the Texans 4-11. They're trying to figure things out that cost you the playoffs. Herbert got off to a slow start but picked it back up to make a little bit of a run. Josh Jackson was outstanding, filling in for Austin Eckler, who was out in the COVID protocol. The Chargers on offense are figured out. You got Herbert. He's your guy. Brandon Staley, defensive-minded coach. I'm incredibly unimpressed that you can have the worst run defense all year and then go in and let Rex Burkhead burn you. Awful loss for the Chargers. Worst loss of week 16. No doubt about it. Bears-Seahawks. Bears win this game Um, 25-24. They're a team, honestly, that looks like they haven't quit on their head coach. I know everybody expects Matt Nagy to be done at the end of the year. Um, probably for good reason, but they go for two at the end of the game with Nick Foles. He wins it. Russell Wilson had just under a minute or so and uh, couldn't quite make the fourth quarter comeback that we're accustomed to seeing him do to get get at least a field goal opportunity. Uh, the most exciting part of this game was that it was played on the snow. We we don't expect Russell Wilson to be back. Pete Carroll said after the game that he doesn't think there needs to be a wholesale you know, strategy change or culture change up there. They have some good foundations in place. We saw an upset DK Metcalf last week that he hasn't been getting the ball enough. They go to him right in the first quarter to to get him a touchdown so we don't have to watch him pout all game on the sideline. But a meaningless game. Definitely expect Chicago to make a coaching change. We probably expect Russell Wilson to be traded. Maybe see a change with Pete Carroll in Seattle. Not as sure. Um, but nice win for the Bears. They moved to 5-10. and 10. Seattle falls to 5-10. and 10. It'll be Pete Carroll's first losing season under 500 record as a coach with the Seahawks. So again, like his overall body of work, what he's done, is it time for him to go? Who knows? No, you know, who knows where the locker room's at? But just the feeling I'm getting is that he'll probably be out in, of Seattle after this year. This game didn't mean all that much. I probably wouldn't have watched as much as I did of it, but the snow, the snow made it interesting and going for two at the end for Nick Foles and, and uh, getting the win for the Bears. Broncos Raiders. All right, so battle of the seven and sevens, and the winner of this game is going to hold on to their playoff hopes in the AFC. Raiders win at 17-13. They were trailing by six at half, and Josh Jacobs, who lost a fumble in the first half, went to the coaches and says, just give me a chance. They did. He ran for 57 yards on seven attempts on their opening drive of the second half. It ended with a touchdown that gave a 17-13 win, and Jacobs finished the game with 129 yards. The Raiders do have the Colts next, so a tough next game is they pretty much need to win out um, and get some help to get a wild card playoff berth. But, you know, you look at the Denver Broncos, and I've been a fan of Vic Fangio since he's been there. They played some really good defense. They they play discipline for the most part, but, you know, I don't want to take away anything that the Raiders did because their defensive line has played really well. You have Max Crosby, who was named to a Pro, Bowler, Pro Bowl this year. but they were one for 10 on third down conversions, which to me, in a game that you lose 17-13 just says enough. You force enough turnovers from the Raiders who came into this game a little turnover happy, but one for 10 on third down, my goodness, it just shows you that you're not nearly dynamic enough on offense, which again, Vic's a defensive guy, but head coach, you speak for the whole team, um, you fall to seven and eight against a very beatable Raiders team to take you out of chances for the playoffs this year. One of 10 on third down is not going to be good enough any week. Um, I don't know what the, the Broncos will do. Uh, Fangio's got one year left on his deal. They asked him if he would coach with one year left on it. The media did. He said he would. So, you know, maybe just, I think he's done enough to to be able to coach out that year um, and but maybe not get an extension. One for 10 on third down. Hunter Renfro, who's been really good this year at wide receiver out of Clemson for the Raiders. Um, he's the third wide receiver in Raider history to, j- to have 90 catches in a season. Um, and he joined some really good company. Tim Brown, who did it four times, and Jerry Rice. So joins two Hall of Famers with that. So Renfro's been great this year. Much more complete wide receiver than I thought he'd be coming out of Clemson a few years ago. So the Raiders go to the Colts next week. It's gonna be a really tough game. The Colts have been rolling as we know. Um as they look need to win out in order to have a shot at an AFC wild card spot. But overall proud you know, Raiders fans gotta be proud of them battling back after that sudden departure and and, and you know resignation slash kind of force out of, of John Gruden. Um they're eight and seven. You still have a chance um, I, I, I don't think the Raiders will make the playoffs just based on what they have left for their schedule. But this was the game that Denver or Raiders, you know, it's that you have to win it. You know, you're both seven and seven. The Raiders win it. Denver one for 10 on third down. My man, just, just not dynamic enough on, on offense. Again, just scoring, scoring in the teens. It's just been one of those Denver games that feels like week in and week out. It's can, can you just like get the offense to score 20 points and, and get out of there with a win? But um Raiders defensive line does enough uh Raiders win 17 13 8 and 7 Denver Falls is 7 and 8 Raiders with an outside chance if they can win the last two weeks to get a wild card spot in the AFC Steelers Chiefs we already knew the Chiefs were back they win this game at home they didn't have Kelsey with the COVID protocols they win 36 to 10 um, Mahomes was outstanding in this one. I mean, the the Chiefs just did whatever they wanted. The the Steelers defense didn't even look like they wanted to be there. Mahomes threw for an easy two fifty-eight and three touchdowns. They ran the ball well. They got different guys involved. Pringle, who I think they really like. Um, he led with 75 yards and two touchdowns for them. He's starting to become more and more um dynamic in that offense. Like they're they're getting him ready as their Tyree Kill number two. Um, and and so We know the Chiefs are back. We've known it for a couple weeks now. They're number one in the AFC. Um, Looks like they'll be able to close out home field advantage maybe next week. And then, you know, going through Arrowhead in January, we know how tough that's been the past couple years. I mentioned earlier, right now, I think it's them in Buffalo. But the bigger story from this game is the Steelers just getting whooped. Big Ben. So the Steelers, they fired their offensive line coach again after this game. So they're going to have their third offensive line coach in two years, which is like, it's almost like respect to Big Ben. You know, let's just turn through offensive line coaches and, you know, blame the offensive line for why we can't score. But, you know, he had a ton of family there at the game. You, you, You just get the sense that Ben's done, whether it's retirement from football, but definitely in Pittsburgh. I don't know what their backup plan is. It seems like they should have had a little bit better of a succession plan here the past couple of years, but what's happening to Big Ben is almost what like I think Patriots fans thought would happen to Brady, you know, you play a year too long and you're just really slow, you're getting rid of the ball late, bad turnovers, some bad sacks and just getting whooped against really good teams. So, um this says a lot more to me about Pittsburgh than it does than it does Kansas City. Pittsburgh falls to 7-7 seven, seven, and 1. Kansas City again, improving to eleven and four. I think they'll be the one seed um, relatively easily here in the AFC, and then you know going through Kansas City in January. You know Buffalo, maybe maybe Indy. You know they can come there and win. Jonathan Taylor, but um, Kansas City's positioned themselves well for a really good playoff playoff run um, come January and get back in the Super Bowl. Football team Cowboys. Uh, Just a route you know and all all around guy 5 i had the football team covering at 10 and a half and, and you know losing 56 14 you would think this is the game i was most wrong about this week but i'm sticking to it that the baltimore money line pick was my worst pick all year for football um this is this is second this is second they just happen to be in in the same week so so a tough Tough all around five this week, but you know, Dallas moves to eleven and four. Amari Cooper, welcome back after a slow couple of weeks. Seven catches, eighty five yards and a touch. Um, Zeke only nine carries, but he looked a lot better in the nine carries than he has most of the year. Maybe it was just because they were it was just what was on the other side of the ball with the football team. Dak threw for three thirty, four touchdowns, made it look easy. You know, having fun. Probably tough to come out of those games in the league when when it's that easy, but um you know, it's great. You know, Dallas, you know, when it's late in the year, you got Cooper Russian, some backups in, you know, this time of year get guys healthy during a game and, you know, Dallas is one of those one of those teams on the outside that have a chance at a Super Bowl, you know? So I put them, you have Kansas City, Buffalo, Green Bay, LA Rams and I I've got Dallas at 5, um, especially when it seems like years pass and and I said it is, it feels like a game when you go into these games, that's like, all right, there's no, there's no reason Dallas should lose this game. There's no reason it should, it should really be close. It doesn't have to be 56, 14, but you know, they should have the feel that they're controlling the whole game and they go out and it's an absolute route. They do exactly what you would expect a Super Bowl team to do a team that should be playing in an NFC championship to do is beat really bad teams. The football team is a really bad football team. I like Ron Rivera. It's why they're competitive every week. You saw some frustration, like the Jonathan Allen thing on the sideline with the finger pointing and all that, that people were talking about last night on social media. Listen, so that to have your team, the football team are pretty much out of um, playoff hopes, but to have your team care that much for you and care that much to win the game. And Ron Rivera talked about that after the game. That's That's what he does. That's why I thought the football team would have a chance. But, and again, like, This Dallas defense is for real. Dan Quinn, who knows if he wants to go back to being a head coach this quick? Because these guys, Dallas is. This isn't a one year and done thing for this defense. Like they've got these guys for a couple of years. Like you know, Trayvon Diggs got his eleventh interception of the game. The football team to start the game is like we're gonna go right at Trayvon Diggs. Their first play, he intercepts it eleventh of the year. Um, DeMarcus Lawrence had a touchdown this game. You know the the defense is going to be really good in Dallas for the next two or three years. And like Mike McCarthy, who I give a hard time to, most of it deservingly so, he's been like, all right, Dan Quinn, you run this defense, keep doing it. I got Kellen Moore doing a great job with this offense. I'm just going to look and say, all right, our defense is going to make stops, let the offense do it, and just get out of the way. Right? Get out of the way. I give Mike McCarthy a ton of credit for just getting out of the way. Right now, in my who I like, That could win a Super Bowl. I've got Dallas fifth. And and to me, part of what was missing from them, kind of when they've been good, you know, on and off the past couple years, is it feels like when you go into these games, that should be there's no real easy wins in the NFL, but these games that you should control the pace of the game, you should be the team that feels like you're winning. I've missed that from Dallas. They proved me way wrong. Hurt the all-around five this week. Absolute route on home. National television game on Sunday night, fifty-six fourteen, Dallas, the 15, the number five team I like right now to win the Super Bowl. Awesome win, really good to see Mike McCarthy just trusting, trust Dan Quinn, trust Kellen Moore, stay out of the way, continue to do so. Dallas could still be the one seed, eleven and four, right? That's big. I mean, Dallas staying right there, they could be the one seed and not have to go through Lambeau or Tampa Bay could make a huge difference for them, especially with their offense at home this year. Coming into this game, they were averaging 30-something, low 30 points a game at home. So it's going to make a huge difference whether or not the amount of home games Dallas could have come January to make that Super Bowl run. They're right there trying to keep pace with LA Rams and keep pace with the Packers. I'm so interested these past couple weeks to see what will happen with seeding here in the um, NFC playoff picture um, between the Packers, the Rams, the Cowboys. Home field is gonna be a huge, huge advantage for whoever comes away with it for that NFC playoff picture. Week 16 in the NFL, we learned quite a bit. Chargers, the worst loss of the weekend. Cardinals, probably the second worst loss. The 49ers felt like they should have won that game. They were the third worst loss, in my opinion. But Dallas, and again, I guess it was a football team, but in the way they won, one of the better, one of the better wins of this weekend. We know we looks like Kansas City will have home field in the AFC. We're we're more, to me, we've more figured out the AFC. The Patriots aren't ready yet. We know it's Chiefs, Colts, Bills, those three teams. Patriots are probably good enough to win a playoff game, but those are the three teams, obviously two of which will play in the AFC Championship. Right now, I like Kansas City and Buffalo repeat matchup. Chiefs to be back in the Super Bowl because it'll go through Arrowhead. NFC still wide open. Really, really excited to see what happens in the NFC with seeding. Thank you so much for listening to the All Around Guy podcast with Mitchell Stevens. I'll talk to you again on Thursday. Already ready to week 17 as we get ready. New All Around Five redemption for week 17 enjoy the monday night game dolphins at the saints ian book making his first career start